Welcome to the Pink Cloud Podcast. In this weekly podcast, we offer a supportive space where women share their personal experiences of getting sober and navigating sobriety while being young. In each episode, we deliver an amazing combination of heart-to-hearts and informative interviews with sober women without judgment. This podcast is about of necessity for like-minded women trying to seek and maintain sobriety while achieving more in their lives. Whether it's in sobriety, relationships, career, spirituality, mental health, or health and wellness. Created with sobriety, recovery, and sisterhood in mind, the Pink Cloud Podcast unites the voices of phenomenal women as we share deep and inspiring conversations of hope for a bright future. Hello, and welcome to the Pink Cloud Podcast. My name is Lisa, and I'm your host. And today we are talking about how to stay sober. I have a very funny guest today, Jennifer, and I just love Jennifer. So she has 13 years, almost 14 years of sobriety. And yeah, she's been doing this thing and she's staying sober one day at a time. So I thought the listeners would love to hear about what she's doing and how she stayed sober and primarily in her first year sobriety. That's kind of what we want to focus in on. So Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So thanks for calling me Jennifer. It's obviously mm-hmm. not my name because I love to be anonymous. It's my favorite part of recovery, actually. It is my club name. So ladies, use your club name. It's totally acceptable. <laughs> yeah. So how to stay sober. So for me, the first year, first coming in, I mean, just even leading up to figuring out if I even needed to stay sober, because I wasn't really a fan of actually trying to stay sober. It was more a fan of trying not to implode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that just <laughs> happened to be that drinking was part of the problem amongst a list of other things. But for me, my journey, drinking was the most highlighted thing. So, and I'm grateful for that because there were so many resources for me as an alcoholic. I realized mm-hmm. that I was an alcoholic. Initially, I was not in my head. There's no way people like right. me don't um, people like me are not alcoholics. So I think for me, especially on my journey to find out, you know, other people told me first. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I came to terms with the fact that like, I might have a problem. And then it went from, I might have a problem to, okay, I have a problem, but do I want to do something about it? Mm -hmm. Then it was, okay, I definitely want to do something about it, but as long as it's not too hard. Can I take the easy way out, please? <laughs> can there be a man involved to help? Can I, can I drink something or take something <laughs> to make me sober real quick? I mean, I can't do anything too difficult. Can I doctor just prescribe something <laughs> to get me through this? Which, Which is such did. an alcoholic thinking, right? I mean, <laughs> only an alcoholic or an addict would think that. Like, it'd be the quickest way to feel different. <laughs> Yeah. I had a friend who was like super helpful as I started sharing that I might have a problem or that I just was interested in finding out about, you know, recovery. She was actually going to NA meetings, which I don't go to or participate Mm -hmm. in, but she took me to those kind of meetings and Mm -hmm. I could relate to the people's feelings. Yeah. And so that really kind of opened my mind to, wow, like that may not be your issue. And that might not be where you need to go, but you certainly need to go somewhere where you can find like-minded people that sure. can 
you know, show me the way. I mean, yeah. I was hanging out with a bunch of people who were just like me and that did me absolutely no good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, right. Like water seeks its own level. So yep. yeah. But I love that, that you tried one recovery program. It wasn't for you. So you tried the next and the next. And that's great because I think that that's something that people don't do. They, a lot of times will think there's monopoly on one type of recovery and they try it and they don't like it. And so then it's that they quit. Well, that's not the case. There's so many different types of recovery programs now. So it's like, whatever you can do to keep you sober, keep trying it. So you can't try just one thing and, oh, it doesn't work. I mean, imagine if you did that. Oh, no, this doesn't work. Sorry. I don't like it. Oh, that person, they looked funny. Oh, they smelled weird. Oh, they said this. Oh, they were religious. Oh, talk, you know, and you can discredit anyone and walk yourself right out the door and walk yourself right back into a bar. But okay, what good does that do? So I like that you shared that. Yeah. Well, and on top of that too, I feel like, you know, and like what works for me is not going to work for everybody. So mm-hmm. I don't have to like, you know, preach from the rooftops, like, you know, oh, this is the only way. Like, that's not true. Like, I feel like my spiritual journey, like what got me to a place that I am now here, I'm, you know, many years sober, it was not just a place that got me sober or just specific people. It was certainly something that was bigger than me. And yeah. I couldn't do it on my own because I tried. And yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So thanks for sharing a little bit of your story. Yeah. So some of the things, you know, how to that first year is like so crazy. I feel like it was just a blur. I feel like, you know, the first week I'm sober, it's like a complete blur. And then the second week I'm like, oh, what did I get myself into? Like, did I really sign up for this? Is this really like, is this, is this my life? Is this really what I'm going to do? But the alternative (laughs) wasn't a good option. Going back out at the time just wasn't thinkable. So I dealt with this, this struggle. It was like the first 30 days of like pure, just, you know, emotions and a roller coaster of emotions. Like, am I really doing this? Am I really hanging out with these people? Like, and I would wake who up. Who are these people? Right. Like, who, what is my life Where'd right they now? Come from? Yeah. Right like, now? What, what do they say? They love me. Like, what the hell is going yeah. on? I mean, I don't, you know, but the alternative though, was not an option. I mean, to go back out drinking, I was so done with drinking. I was so done yeah. that I was willing, you know, they talk about that a lot is that surrender. I had come to that place of surrender to where I didn't have another option, but to really take a look hard, look at myself and say, oh, wow, like I probably am. And like you were talking about, you didn't think that you were an alcoholic, right? No, not at all. As I'm pulling my nice luggage with all of my Mac makeup up the rubbly like driveway of rehab (laughs) 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 with all my nice clothes, like I'm just going to go somewhere. You know, I'm going to like keep it in a Ziploc, like hide it, like nobody cares. Right. Nobody so cares. when I went to rehab, because my sister had been in rehab, I'm in rehab. And I told my mom, I was like, these people aren't as bad as they were I last just- time. And my mom's like, they're exactly, it's the same type of people. It's just that you've gotten worse. So you think that everyone is like normal, like you. I told my sister and I was like, guess what? This is where all the cool kids are. You know, all the cool kids who are hanging out with this. This is where everybody lives. <laughs> so bring me a card of cigarettes. But I'm about to <laughs> bring me, bring me some cigarettes and take my yeah. makeup back because I don't need it. No, dude, I needed cigarettes at the Starbucks. I just begged the whole family every weekend for four weeks in a row. I'm like, just bring me a cigarette in Starbucks. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, that's what we did. We just smoked and, but I felt so safe though in rehab, you know, and I'm oh, so yeah. thankful. So I'm so For thankful sure. that I, that that was part of it. So ours is a little different. So you had people tell you were an alcoholic. I had nobody tell me I was an alcoholic. I realized myself and I had nobody that will, everyone's telling me I was fine. Everyone. Mm-hmm. No, you're fine. Mm-hmm. No, you're fine. Because if there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with them. You know, so everyone I had created the support system around me of alcoholics, right? So everyone around me supported, because don't we do that? We like, we do that by nature. Like we bring people into our orbit that fit what we're looking for. Right. So I I had a bunch of hang out with people who are doing better than like, or who can't, we can't relate to. That's the thing. Like I couldn't relate to people who were like sober and like, not like, why would you not want to drink? Like. Something wrong. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Except I'm in my room, like, you know, sleeping in a corner, like afraid of everything, like on antidepressants and, Mm -hmm. you know, sleeping with Joe Schmo and like, or, you know, I was like a walking affair waiting to happen. Yeah. My insides (laughs) were a hot mess. (laughs) Mind you, like my kids never saw me drink. My now ex-husband never saw me drink husband at the time. Like, Everybody was telling me it was situational. I had a sick mm-hmm. daughter. My dad had died. Like, of course it makes sense. But I yeah. knew on the inside that this was not normal. Yeah. Like, this was yeah. not. This, I think like, that's a fundamental thing with people who do get sober. They have that, whether they ignore it or not, that nagging feeling of like, oh, there's something wrong. Like, this isn't right. Yeah, like exactly. I have something yeah. that is not right going on inside right. here and I could pretend I could wear my, you know, like you said, your Mac makeup all you want and your clothes, but there's yeah. something like just dressing up the outside to hide that inside. That is like completely on pig. <laughs> yeah, completely broken on the inside, but yeah, no. Yeah. So that first year, especially, you know, I had to find like you had kids and you had a husband, you had a marriage. And so you had things. I didn't have a life. <laughs> like I didn't have hobbies. Yeah. So it was so important for me, you know, being young in recovery to find hobbies. So I really, yeah. I had to do yeah. that. So I had to find like other things to fill my time. Like I worked, you know, but yeah. that only goes so far, you know, yeah. you work Monday well, to I, Friday I, and then after yeah. that, okay. So what do you do with your time yeah. when you're single with no, you know, no one else to worry about, but yourself. And so right. I started doing, you know, yoga, meditation, hiking. I signed up for everything. I raised my hand for everything. So every volunteer opportunity that I had, anytime I could go somewhere, I had like my first sponsor. She would take me around everywhere with her. She's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, come to this barbecue. Oh, come over here. Oh, come to this thing. Like she invited me everywhere. And like sobriety became like, and going to sobriety outside like events was Mm -hmm. my hobby. It was like working on myself became my hobby. I took the long way around to kind of get to that place. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't want all of the distractions that I had. <laughs> like, I, I didn't want to like, be married and like have to take care of the kids. And like, you know, I mean, I love my girls. Don't get me wrong. And I definitely wanted my girls and, you know, they have been in my life and never been apart from me since, you know, the moment I had it, but mm-hmm. that's my disclaimer, but the responsibility of it all and the having to like sink or swim, I came home from rehab and the husband was gone. And, you know, I didn't even know, like, on what day I was supposed to pay the PG&E, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I had to like call all of the utility companies and find out like, when did I pay? Like, when do I need to pay again? I needed to find out like I had just lost my job. It wasn't, you know, a lot of my bottom, if you will, was not because I was drinking. It was literally like 
my life was falling apart and I was making it worse by drinking and that was yeah. my only outlet. And it, but it had to happen that way. And yeah. when I went into rehab, I about three days in, I'm the one who put myself there. I called, I had a fleeting memory of when I was a kid and my dad went to rehab and his job paid for it. And it was the union. And so my husband at the time was also in the union. So I called the union and just said, Hey, like, you know, random question. And they were like, mm-hmm. absolutely. We have a program for that. And matter of fact, you know, we'll pay for it one time. And I remember thinking, why would I need you to pay for it more than once? <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know. Little did I know. People go back multiple times. I've been twice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved it so and much the I first time. Like, <laughs> and then I found out there were like really nice rehabs that I did not go to. <laughs> <unfortunately>. <laughs> okay. But, I um, went to county. Okay. I was in county. I was on the nice one. Okay. Yeah, I went in like detox, like out of my mind. I was like, wait, what? Where am I at? How'd I get here? <laughs> they look me in at one point with mental health I'm like uh this is a little crazy we're doing like arts and crafts like on like cans and people were getting cigarette but I mean it was I was not in a nice facility okay Okay, well I was a little better than that (laughs) (laughs) you know but as far as like finding kind of going the long way around finding like who I am and what I enjoy to do and kind of a new life and a new way like three days into rehab, I had a come to Jesus moment and I completely surrendered all. And I was miserable with who I was. I couldn't stand myself. I didn't mm-hmm. want to live. I was over myself. And that's kind of what led me up to going to rehab. And when I got there though, is when all of the distractions were taken away from life. Mm-hmm. And it was just me and my, you know, decision that I had to make me and my crossroads. And rehab wasn't the crossroad. It was me. And there was a location Then I was there is where I had the crossroad moment and it changed everything. And I was like, yes, I'm done with me, you know, higher power, please just help me. And I felt exactly the piece of crap that I was. And I saw what I was doing to others and how selfish I had been, et cetera. So the next, and it was all blur. It was still all blur after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just did what they told me to do like a robot. And when I left, they were like, okay, this is what you need to start, you know, doing for yourself. And so I just did those things. And then, you know, I was single because my husband left and I hadn't been yeah. single in a while. So I had to learn how to do that because yep. I wasn't very good at that either. <laughs> so, and then I'm like, how do I do that sober? Like, so for yep. a while I was just getting guys drunk and then that was enough. So that's like a whole other podcast, right? Like we can talk, we can like, podcast, yes. we can do a whole episode. But that's what my hobbies. I just say yes <laughs> to, to like going on a boat. Yes. To like going to Tahoe. Yes. To like going to do fun things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so for me, I think that was a huge part of, you know, the 12 step program I belong to also has sponsorship. And so Mm -hmm. the woman that was sponsoring me, I saw her at the bar that had a nightclub and I was so happy because I needed to know that I could be sober and dance. I needed Mm -hmm. to know that I could and not be judged and not be worried about all this stuff. I was a good little church wife for so long. And I just needed to find out who I was on a non-judgmental level you know? So I think that's so important in finding your recovery, finding your ways. Like there's not hard, fast rules. You know what I mean? I love that. They're like, you can go out and dance. There can be alcohol. We can live in places and go to places and be around alcohol and not have to just hide from it. And like, Oh, I can't ever have fun. I remember being shocked the first time I went out with a group of people who 
were sober like myself and I was meeting these people and going out and I had so much more fun than I had ever had before. Like the jokes were really funny. They were like drunk funny, you know, but like everything about it, the camaraderie was like a real camaraderie. Okay. You know what it is for me? What I think it is, what, why I think we have more fun is because it's cut through the BS, right? It's not like, hi, how's it going? It's like, oh my God. Okay. Like I was snorting crack off, you know, Johnny's, you know, in the alley, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I was shooting up, like I was drinking yeah. this, I was shotgun and beers out of my, t- you know, and yeah. whatever, like yeah. it's all of this deep stuff. Right. Yeah. So it's no, be you don't have to like, Oh, like sugar coat or like, right. you know, Oh, yeah. it's hi, not here's fake. my best self. It's no, it's like, no. here's my worst <laughs> self. This <laughs> is my worst like self. Me? Oh, you Do you like me? Too? Oh, like, oh, oh, we can see each other. perfect you're my best friend you know what I mean that's what I like about meeting people who are sober it's like I don't want your best side give me your worst I'll give you my worst let's get down and dirty and let's get like you tell me real all your your realness and you tell me show me your pain I'll show you mine and guess what then we can relate and then oh I see your good side like that's yeah that whole thing I remember like always asking people when I first decided like, okay, I'm done with my behavior. Like I'm done with all this stuff. Like I do want to live and I am going to let this higher power, you know, I am going to live by this. I will drop the rocks of the weight mm-hmm. of the stuff that I've been carrying, even though it still hurts and all that good stuff. Like, but I will set it down and try to focus on myself and blah, blah, blah. Right. Cause it's too big for me anyway. And mm-hmm. I'm not good at it, but I remember like, wanting to know other people's journeys like so much like I longed for like yes oh my gosh like you know and I was relating to the feelings like did I ever go to jail no like did I ever get a DUI no like I bragged about getting out of two of them you know I like I yeah like you know get out of shit when it comes to the cops because oh stop sorry because I like to get away with things like yeah (laughs) and I still do and I'm married to my best friend today and you know we like having sex outside when there's where we feel like people could walk in any moment and yeah. And it's just fun. And I'm yeah. married and I'm doing <laughs> like and I know who he is. <laughs> You're like, it's a husband and it's my husband. Yeah, and it's not someone else's. Like, yeah. <laughs> who would have thought it? <laughs> like, who would have thought? Like yeah. and then, you know, and I'm not doing a lot of shame. I'm just walking out of my own bedroom. I'm like, it's okay. Or, you know, out of the park, whatever. But yeah, like, yeah. Lots of self-discovery and other people's journeys and then, you know, being able to listen to their journeys and know that although it hasn't happened to me yet, it Mm -hmm. could. Yeah. And that was kind of the, also like the sombering thing. And that's the wisdom, you know, that you get with the sobriety is like, I'm wise enough now to know that I can learn from other people's mistakes without having to do it myself. Yeah. I don't want to learn. I know enough to know that I see a story and I could really like, I could totally see myself doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I just won't because I can yeah. see that I can see how it could play out and someone else did it for me. And so I don't have yeah. to go that route. I don't have to do it to myself. And bouncing all of that, those questions about how to get sober and the questions about, you know, what does it look like? And am I doing this thing right? And should I have done that or made a different decision? You know, obviously I am a spiritual person, so I go to God first and Mm -hmm. that's just my path. And so, but you know, once I do that and kind of like, you know, get real there first, you know, then I have a conversation with the woman, you know, who sponsors me. And then, you know, because she has walked me through her journey or 
and not really her journey, but walked me through the parts of her journey that have kept her sober. Uh She continuously lives, you know, that way and reflects. And when she messes up, she is honest about it and she shares with me. And so I learned how to do those things. And since then I've been able to show other women how to do those things. And for me, that is the only way to stay sober. Like, you know, if not, I would, you know, in the first year of recovery, I would have just been talking to a bunch of people just like me. Like the people I met in rehab were like my best friends for like a month. Yeah. <laughs> then, I, then I quickly realized it is not well people's anonymous. <laughs> the water seems at some level. I'm still a hot mess. So it makes sense that the people yes. around me, you know, and I love them and I stayed in touch with a lot of them. Unfortunately, some of them died. Some of them. Yeah. Cause that's what happens. The that's what happens to people and, like us. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. And it's scary to see people, you know, on this side of sobriety pass away sometimes because they never dealt with the other internal emotional stuff. And yeah. sometimes it's been a celebration of life because they died sober, like yep. not sober just because they didn't have a drink in their hand, but emotionally yep. sober. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you and for having I, me. Yes. And I look forward to hearing from you again. So thank All you right. guys. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Pink Cloud Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. We'll catch you in the next episode.